Sit back, relax, and enjoy the Chris Sherlock on the Wireless Podcast. The Chris Sherlock CSI Sessions. Now I'm joined by Pam Watson, who is known as the CBT Lady, who is a psychotherapist, coach, and menopause specialist. Pam, thanks for joining me, and how are you? I'm very well, Chris. Thank you so much for having me here. So let's go back to the start, Pam, and tell me when you got started in this and why. Okay. If I'm to go back to, oh, I don't know, about 1997, maybe, in the work-related field that I was in then, which was very much business-related, I was introduced to a concept called neuro-linguistic programming, which some people may have heard of or, or may not have heard of. And it's, it's basically around forms of communication. I had the opportunity to then retrain. I left the business world and I retrained as a coach, as an anxiety coach, actually. Took with me training from NLP, moved into clinical hypnotherapy, and then I began to explore the area of CBT. So it's very much a mind-based approach that I'm very interested in. Did you see someone in the business doing this type of stuff or was it just something that you wanted to jump straight into and and get helping people? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Well, when I first started to retrain, I thought I'd still work in, in kind of a corporate field, working with sales teams because that was my background from that business point of view. So I thought I'd work with organisations to, to develop sales teams to help grow profit within companies. But when I started to train, the one-to-one work that I began to do and the benefit that I could see people getting from one-to-one work was the area that I really wanted to move into. So I quickly moved away from that idea of still working within a corporate environment. And then I started to work very much with people in a one-to-one capacity then. You cover many areas of therapy and one of them, as you just mentioned there a while ago, is CBT. So what is CBT for anyone that's listening? Yeah, CBT, it's basically a a talk therapy, Chris. It's a form of psychotherapy. It's relatively new when we look at all the, the bases of therapy and there are hundreds of different types of approaches. So CBT is relatively new in that it came to us around about the 60s, 70s. It's very collaborative. So when I work with clients, it's a very much a two-way approach. And we, we work with people very much in the here and now. So I don't begin to focus on past experience. It's what's the challenge right now? What changes do you want to make? What challenges do you want to overcome? And then we start to look at goals, you know, in which to, to work in that way. So that's basically the stepping stone for the future. Not too much in the future, but take week by week or month by month and just to hope that whatever someone's going through, whether it be a marriage or a bereavement or whatever the case may be, it's just having a set future in a slow form. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. So it, it is, it's very much kind of goal based, you know, yeah. you're working towards where you want to be. People they experience different life events so like you've just said it could be you know it could be issues within a relationship it could be work-related stress or anxiety in the workplace it could be like you say a bereavement we suffer different losses through our life so at those kind of times it's helpful to break things down you know into a manageable process rather than look too far ahead into the future it's like what's going on right now what changes can we bring into place right now right okay There's a big variety of stuff here. Mindfulness-based 
Cognitive Save Therapy. I'm said that definitely wrong, but I'll roll with it. But it stands for MBCT. It does. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's what was easier to say. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a mindful-based approach. Cognitive therapy has changed somewhat. Originally, it was designed to help people with anxiety and low mood, you know, depression. Over the years, it has kind of developed into so much more. It's very much a compassion-based therapy now. It's working with people to help them develop their sense of self-esteem, their sense of belief and bring into the world a lot of self-care. That's what we're looking to develop. So that mindful-based approach within cognitive therapy is very helpful with that. And there are specific programs around mindfulness, you know, that can help in that way as well. So it's, it's an area of CBT um, that I bring in to work with within my practice as well. Yeah. Tell us some of the other ones. I know there is emotional freedom technique, EFT. Yeah. So again, it's helping with people to uh, self-regulate, to work with their emotions. So that's kind of a tapping based approach. We work with our uh, meridian lines, you know, that Mm. run through our body. And the suggestion is that we can get blockages. So in that kind of tapping approach, which is very much recognised within the healthcare industry as well. Doctors use it, different practitioners use this kind of treatment or approach. So emotional freedom techniques, it's kind of something that you can learn relatively quickly and then put it into practice at home. Well, this is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about as well. People can do so much themselves without going to see a therapist and looking after themselves. And it's just little baby step things. Now, you might still need to go and talk to a therapist or a GP or, you know, get that medical professional help that you need. But what little strategies can we actually put in place just to, you know, get ourselves moving into into the right direction. Yeah, what you're saying there is is really important. So when I'm working with a client, you know, one of the very, very first questions I ask is when did they last visit their GP? Because CBT can work very much in conjunction with medication. I'm not against medication at all. That kind of approach is helpful to get that holistic view. What's going on? You know, I mean, I recommend that clients have the blood checked. Mm. You know, because it might be that there are things within the diet that's a little bit deficient. You know, certain minerals and vitamins can affect our mood. Simple blood tests can pick up on that as well. So bringing in the doctor, great. That's a big recommendation that I make to my clients. So when a client comes to see me, one of the first questions I ask is when they last saw their GP. Mm. Because it might be that the medication is the route for them. And to use in conjunction with CBT. Also, some, some people, if they're on medication or, or thinking about medication, perhaps they don't want to be on it longer term. Mm. So CBT can, can offer tools and strategies that help when they come away from the medication. Then got kind of life skills that help support them. That's the, the idea of CBT. The CBT enables somebody to become their own therapist. It's very much taking ownership, engaging in in a lifestyle that's healthy. You know, it's taking that kind of approach. So it's to move away from me as a practitioner right. and deal with challenges then kind of ongoing. You know, they've got their equipped with skills that, that can help with that then. Yeah, I, I know you offer clinical hypnotherapy as well. But what is clinical hypnotherapy? It's a treatment. It's something that I use with clients to bring in relaxation. Okay. You know, it can be used for so many different challenges. A lot of work that I do would be, say, around stopping smoking. 
Okay. You know, uh, smoking cessation. So it, it can be really beneficial for that. But equally, just learning that approach. When you get involved with hypnosis, you're learning the, the skill of self-hypnosis. So again, it's it's a skill that can be taken outside of the therapy room and used at home. And cl- the, the, the phrase clinical hypnotherapy would be used, um, again, you know, where people are suffering low mood, um, mild depression. It's really helpful. You also cover the eye movement therapy. Quickly explain that as well, please, Pam. Yeah, integrated eye movement therapy. So that's very similar to to something that's called EMDR, and people may have heard of that. And the eye movement therapy is a treatment that's very much used in the area of trauma. It's actually interesting because a lot of the first response uh, workers would use this type of therapy when they've experienced significant trauma. So if you can imagine, you know, police officers, firefighters, nurses, the kind of work that they're involved with day in and day out, the kind of trauma that they will be involved with. This is a a form of treatment that can help with them. And it's what's called bilateral eye movement. So we're using the eyes to desensitise. It's quite difficult to explain what it is, but when you actually use it in practice, it's quite simple. A client or an EMT or a firefighter, as you said, to get over like PTSD, it helps assess that line of work and that line of trauma and the reliving of whatever it is or whether it be the physical aspect or the mental aspect of it. So a lot of people that have experienced trauma and we can experience trauma in so many different ways. I've worked with clients that uh, have been involved in road traffic accidents. Somebody that, that witnessed uh, a knife assault, you know, somebody was murdered. So obviously that was that was hugely traumatic for them. Somebody that, that was in the A&E department and they were waiting for his dad was extremely unwell, not getting treatment. And it was the trauma attached to that. But it basically detaches the emotion from the memory. So we never lose the memory of mm. what we've seen. But we can learn to handle our emotion that goes along with that memory in a very different way. And that's Mm. where IEMT steps in. You know, it's that that kind of breaking the attachment between the memory that we have, you know, those pictures that we form Mm. or the film that runs in our head. And we detach that from the actual emotion. So people are not necessarily triggered in the same way when we when you think about what's happened to them or the experience they've had, they're not necessarily triggered in the same way emotionally. So they learn mm. to manage their emotions differently. When it comes to dealing with, say, anger, stress and anxiety, how can we manage that? Because in this day and age, we have financial problems. We have, you know, that crisis that we won't talk about <laughs> as such. But on a day to day, there's the peer pressures of, of this as well, of when you're on social media in this day and age. You know, I won't go down the rabbit hole of de- dealing with social media. It's a different topic for a different day. But, you know, when you see someone on a lavish holiday and, you know, you just want to be there, it can all take its toll. So you're dealing with life pressures, you know, to fit in a certain way, you know, that's stressful. And then you're trying to have the, you're trying to think, can I get the money to, you know, create a holiday for myself out of that? Look, be thankful for what we have, first of all, but also just breathe and say, look, just because you can't have it while they're having it, you can get it at a later date. Yeah, life is stressful. Everywhere you look, there's stresses. It's learning the skills to, to cope with that. Anxiety, it leads to panic for a lot of people. Mm. And the key word that you just said there, Chris, is learning to breathe. You know, Mm. we very much shallow breathe. You know, we're in that habit now of shallow breathing, but we can do so much more with our breath work and understanding the physiology of anxiety, how easily we're triggered. So like you say, you know, scrolling through social media, seeing what's going on out there. 
Mm. You know, feeling as though you don't have everything together, but everybody else has. You know, the yeah. anxiety that that brings for you. So understanding the physiology, and again, with clients, I spend a little bit of time looking at that in a little bit more detail mm. because it's not something that's taught in school. This is it, yeah. You know, if you're a little bit better equipped with an understanding of what's going on with the system, with mm. the body, um, and learning how you can work with your body through breath, through relaxation, they're the skills that I bring in. Yeah. There's an amazing technique out there, apart from, as you mentioned as well earlier, mindfulness is a thing where something simple as going out for a walk is a small tip that you can do while you're waiting for an appointment for a GP or a therapist or whatever. Just go out and I myself have used that on many occasions and I just put the headphones in, listen to a podcast or music, whatever it is, if you're feeling pressured or if you're anxious or just feeling overwhelmed, Again, breathing is the simplest thing. And I know there's variations of different stuff, you know, between meditation, box breathing. But I, I'm going to leave that to yourself <laughs> to, to manage with people. But there is a program I want to talk to you about. I know women and men are totally different, but yet we're, we're equal in some parts. But the one thing we're not equal on is basically menopause. <laughs> a lot of symptoms of menopause I think I have right now. We had a conversation off air, folks, and it was basically about forgetting things and losing track of things. I want you to talk through us a little bit about menopause and a little bit about the programme you've developed, Pam, please. Okay, thanks. So you're very brave. <laughs> you're very brave to step into this area. It's funny you're joking about that, Chris, about the forgetting things, being forgetful. So with women, there are so many symptoms of, of menopause. You know, we're talking about over 30 symptoms physically with menopause. And then if we look at sexual health, there's probably another 18 or so symptoms that can, that can creep in. But there is actually a male equivalent of menopause as well. Wow. Mm -hmm. Sorry to tell you that. So about 25% of guys would be affected at midlife by what is called andropause, which is the male version of menopause. Again, we don't know about this. It's not talked about. So for some guys, you know, when we talk about the typical midlife crisis. Okay. Yeah. It hits. And for so many, it does hit. So typically about 25% of guys would be affected. It's that drop in testosterone the male sex hormone right. that can affect things like mood, anxiety can creep in, decision making can be affected. You know, so for guys, there are symptoms of changes at midlife that are quite similar to the experiences of women as well. And if you think about, you know, typically a couple, a man and a woman together in the home going through something similar at the same time, yeah. it affects relationships as well. You know, because somebody's struggle isn't perhaps recognised by the partner or there's kind of struggles going on at the same time, but they're not being discussed. So, yeah, within relationships, you know, that can crop up as well. So we're going to be hearing a little bit more about the male menopause as well. Oh, but wow. for now, we're talking about women and yeah. I think that's enough just for now. In terms of the male menopause, is this the same age as, say, the women? Would, the, would it be very similar from, say, the age 50 onwards? <laughs> Yeah, you're looking, you're looking at guys probably in the 40s. You As know, well, yeah, all right, okay. Yeah. Now we're talking about women aged 40, mm. upwards, 45. That's when perimenopause kicks in. That's when a lot of the symptoms begin to surface. And typically for men, it'd be kind of late 40s as well. Yeah. All right, well, I'm 30 and I'm going through the change, folks. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, menopause, it's it's out there. You know, uh, it's become very topical, quite rightly. This is something that I became fascinated with um, probably about 12 years ago because, because of my personal experience. So, you know, women go into menopause around about the age of 50, 51. 
you know, and it's it's very, very natural. It's a mm. natural thing for us. But we're not really prepared, necessarily. It's always been something that has been kind of very secretive. We've been kind of shy about talking about, a little bit taboo. But 12 years ago, my, you know, my experience brought me into menopause early. I was much, much younger. And there wasn't really a great deal of support. When you're not prepared for something like that, because it is a life change, you can get a little bit overwhelmed. And I, I just felt as though I didn't have support, didn't really know what was going on. My personal circumstance was that, you know, it involved surgery for me, you know, mm. so that brought me into uh, an earlier menopause. And again, that's a group of women that, that uh, are not really kind of catered for. They don't talk about it. They perhaps don't even know it's happening to them. When I started to look into CBT that little bit more, I recently did uh, a master's programme. And part of the research was the opportunity for, for me really to jump in in depth and look at menopause. Mm. So that's where my research was based. And from that, I decided to put a programme together for, for this cohort of women that are very much overlooked, you know, mm. this earlier group of women that are overlooked. So typically, you know, women that are going through cancer treatment, for mm. example, um, that involve surgery or even medication for cancer can bring on menopausal symptoms or throw women into early menopause. And as I worked with a cancer support group, I thought it was only right, really, to kind of explore that in a bit more depth. And it brought me to, to writing a programme. I was invited to put a programme together. So that's what I've done. And um, I'm working with women now that are undergoing cancer treatment or have moved through their cancer journey, but at the same time are experiencing menopause, both of which are difficult. So women are very much cared for within the medical model. So, you know, as they're going through treatment, as they're working with doctors and clinicians, mm. they're very much cared for. But the medical model is ignoring the natural element of menopause in some cases. So when women are experiencing both together, they're being treated for one, which will be the cancer, right. but they're not really being listened to when they're saying, but I've got this going on as well. The doctors are saying, but we're treating you for the cancer. We want to get you well, you know. Yeah. And women are saying, well, actually, I've got so much more going on. And psychologically, you know, it can be it can be really difficult. It can be a struggle. Your mental health and your physical health are your wealth. They really are. So you do have to look after both. That goes for anyone. You know, what's the youngest that you've seen, you know, someone going through cancer treatment that goes into menopause? In my experience, you know, it's been women in the 30s. Wow. Yeah. And they're not, psychologically, they're not prepared because mm. this is an event, menopause as an event, will be happening to them 20 years down the line. Yeah. So they haven't even considered it, you know? The human body is an amazing thing. It can be quite temperamental at times and, you know, it goes to show you there's always a learning curve. Yeah. So I just want to talk to you a little bit more about any advice for anyone that's out there listening, you know, in terms that are dealing with this now? What can they do to be confident and to look after if they're stressed about it or anxious about it what advice can you give them so there's a lot of information out there now the conversation's very much opened up yeah it's almost like there's an explosion around menopause you know the adverts that we're seeing on tv now all the mm. information that's out there the influencers the celebrities that are openly talking about this there's so much information out there now but what i'm doing is is bringing uh, the element together of kind of cancer support and menopausal support that there's a little bit of a difference there. So if women are particularly interested in that, they can contact me directly. The information is available through my website. Which is the cbtlady.com. That's it, yeah. So they can access my contact details that way and, and contact me if they want a little bit more information about what it is that we're doing. Uh, the, the group that I'm specifically working with is the GOAT 
Cancer Support Group sure. or Holly Blue House in Gort. So as I say, whilst I was training and working with Gort, we opened up the discussion around this and thought it would be timely, really, to look at bringing in a programme specifically mm. for women that are at this moment in time, you know, going through their cancer journey, but experiencing menopause at the same time. So it could be for the, for the ladies that are experiencing it early. It might be for ladies that are going through cancer treatment that are menopausal because they're of that age anyway. So I'm not really excluding anybody, but what I'm doing is trying to bring in the younger ones that really didn't have that support before. When we hear about menopause, we're talking about middle-aged women. Okay. You know, we're talking about women of 50 and a little bit older. Generally speaking, yeah. Generally speaking, yeah. So there are a number of of ladies that feel very much left out. And what I'm looking to do is try and, and bring them in. This course is running and the dates for the course... Yeah, we're about to start the second one. So it's a course that would run over eight weeks. So it's a couple of months commitment. Okay. Each workshop would be about two hours, you know, and it's very interactive. It's a very safe space, you know, so mm. what we do discuss is confidential. Women are encouraged to speak, but if they don't want to, that's fine. And they're there to build on their sense of resilience. They've coped with so much already, mm. you know. It's to build on that sense of strength. And what I was talking about, you know, compassion, building on that as well to get on the waiting list for this course because I know you've only a few places to give on each one of the course that you're doing now I just want to ask is this online course or is there a physical aspect to the course as well it's purely face to face at this moment okay great so it would be at the cancer support group it would be at Holly Blue House they've got a beautiful facility there that we that we use and it's a workshop type environment okay there's little bits of activities to get involved with lots of talking uh, mindfulness approaches that we're bringing in as well that I spoke about earlier so there's lots of different elements to it and as I say each session runs over about two hours we we ran it for eight weeks and it was very well received we're going to start again in February the 13th of February Monday it's the next date that we're going to start the program again and the contact details to get onto the the list is yeah so you can contact the Gort Cancer Support Group using their email address at info at gortcancersupport.com Brilliant. Pam Watson, known as the CBT lady. Thanks a million for chatting to me today. I appreciate you coming in. Thank you, Chris. Best of luck with the course. Thank you so much. Once again, if you would like more details on what Pam Watson, the CBT lady, has to offer, please go to her website, which is thecbtlady.com, or you can email Pam at any time. Hello at thecbtlady.com. Should you decide to contact Pam, please note that Pam offers a free 20-minute consultation. Also, for more information on the course that Pam is offering, the Menopause Can Programme, you can visit NS Therapy Centre's website, which is nstherapycentre.ie. Contact Mary Nolan at Holly Blue House to reserve a place, as the workshop starts Monday the 13th of February. Email info at gortcancersupport.ie or visit gortcancersupport.ie If you have been affected by the following topics discussed on the interview with Pam Watson, the CBT lady, you can go to Samaritan's Ireland website or call 116123. Alternatively, you can go to mentalhealthireland.ie forward slash mental health services for more information on mental health.